What's up, world? And welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics and anything that touches the culture. On this episode, we'll be discussing the Dame Dash versus Lee Daniels beef or TIFF, whatever you want to call it. We'll also be discussing our personal theories on where did it all go wrong with Rockefeller Records and cause that entire label and crew to kind of fall apart and dissolve. We'll also be asking ourselves, what makes a good record label head? We'll also discuss the Tiana Taylor album and it allegedly being remade and re-released. We're also going to touch on a new video from MF Doom featuring Freddie Gibbs called Death Wish. Then the crew will be sharing their personal picks for the most entertaining hip-hop videos of all time. So kick back, relax, and I hope you enjoy the show. Have you been following this Dame Dash versus Lee Daniels story that's been going around? Uh, vaguely. I mean, I know, I know what's, I know what happened and what's, what's all. I mean, I don't know like detail details, but I know the story. Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess uh, some time ago, um, Dame Dash actually loaned Lee Daniels two million dollars uh, as a um, uh, to help him uh, fund. The Precious movie, and that came out like what 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was promised a, a return on his investment uh, once it, the movie got off his feet and did well. And he never got any of his money back. So right. I guess he confronted Lee Daniels at a um, a show at a concert. I think it was actually a Diana Ross concert. And the footage has been going around of that. And in the footage, it was recorded. You can see and hear Lee Daniels telling Dame Dash. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wronged you. I'm gonna get your money. Uh, I'm gonna take care of this. Blah, blah, blah. You know, basically admitting, you know, his part and his guilt or whatever. And um, you know, it's basically the, the smoking gun, the evidence that this is what happened. Now, Dame is Dame has been, you know, quoted saying in interviews that people kind of take advantage of him. Uh, other other black uh, uh, producers and entertainers. <clears throat> They somewhat take advantage of him. Um, do, do you think this is the case? Do you think that um, people have kind of used his reputation against him because he has a reputation for being a, a kind of a brash, offensive dude? And, you know, these these other black businessmen in the entertainment industry he gets involved with, they kind of they kind of take advantage of that perception of him. Um, because if he flips off, then it's just like, or flips out, then it's just, oh, that's just Dame being Dame. Do you think that's the case? Or do you think he's been naive and too trusting with his, with his money or too trusting of other people with his money? 
No, I think I think the first explanation you gave is what's really. I think that's what's taking place. I think uh, people kind of taking them for a joke. You know what I mean? Like kind of saying like, "Oh, he got the money." Number one. Well, at least at at some at one time, like he got the money at, at, for one. For two, you know, uh, you know, we don't run in the same circle, so I may not run into him as quickly as I would run into some others. And then, yeah, yeah. On top of that, you know, like you said. Uh, they just kind of playing them like, you know, because it's like, right, like you said, like if he start flipping out about the money, you know, they're going to be like, oh, man, chill out. Like, you know, it's just a couple of million dollars or this is how how Hollywood, you know what I'm saying, goes or something like that. So I think you're right in that statement. Yeah, yeah. He, um, you know, when I, when, I, when I listen to his interviews and whatnot and he talks about like his vision of how he thinks things should be and run. I, I, I believe I'm seeing a, a sincere dude. Um, I think he's, you know, he, he's, he's, he's brash and he's, you know, he's rough around the edges, but in the past that kind of worked to his advantage. But, you know, there's a flip side to that coin because people who have been, I guess you could say in the, in the music industry or entertainment industry a little longer or a little bit more polished, they're always going to view him as an outsider, you know, and, um, he just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a double-edged sword with him. And on one end, his personality can kind of afford him to, to take advantage of situations and, and, uh, strong arm his way into situations where he could come up. And in other cases, it could kind of be, you know, it could kind of be, be off-putting, but you know, it's just, it is disappointing to see another black producer, movie producer doing another black businessman that way. You know, even if it was just like a handshake type deal, like, you know, no written contract, you know, pay the man his money back. You know, he, Lee Daniels probably didn't make what three films since Precious and that all did well, you know, and, and you, you couldn't pay him back, man. I, I do think that's, that's, that's kind of bogus. And if 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 people would do that to him, to Dame Dash, who's who's clearly a smart dude, who else are they doing it to? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think too. Like, Dame Dash allows his street uh, way of business. I think he allows it to uh, to uh, shape him a little too much in the business world. Meaning, like, I mean, I understand he has some type of relationship with. You know, Lee Daniels, but it all being said and done, like business is business. So I, I would assume him being the dude he is, he would put something writing down in paper. Because I mean, otherwise, it's like you got to go whoop him at this point. You know what I mean? And it's like that's basically where's where's that right now? So yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think uh, he is naive in that aspect where he like the cold of the streets. Like he's still talking about the streets as if. You know, this is ninety one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Did, did, don't operate like that no more. You know what I'm saying? And, and it kind of cost him. You know what I'm saying? The way things were, or how how involved he was in this this industry, um, that way of thinking cost him. You know what I'm saying? That. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. On one end, it, it worked to his advantage, but then yeah, on the other end, it's like it doesn't. You, you can't take that street mentality to um, you can't apply it in every situation. Right, right, right. You know, in some cases you can, but in, yeah, unfortunately, in a, in, a, in a lot of cases, uh, you know, you, you can't, you know, um, you know, I just think it's kind of, you know, I think at the end of the day, he'll be all right. <laughs> 
you know, I, I think he'll pretty much land on his feet. But it is it is just sad to see other other successful black people doing other successful black people that way. Yeah. You no know, doubt. it's just you know, it, it is it is disappointing to see. Um, you know, I was watching a, a interview with Dame and you, you you saw that interview uh where he was on I think it was the Breakfast Club and he was he was going at it with, with Charlemagne and Envy and he was talking about how you know, basically most people, most cats from the hood, they take their money. You know, most people will just take take whatever come up they have and then just flip not not flip it, but they'll splurge on it, whereas like a smart person will flip it, you know, and try to double it. But they kept trying to they kept trying to corner him with the questions like, okay, explain flipping it. You know what I mean? Do you invest it? What do you invest it in? You know what I mean? It's like he's like when you say things like that, they were trying to explain to him when you say flip your money to a lot of street cats, they going to interpret that as, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to buy some keys or, you know, some weight and I'm going to flip that, right. you know, on the streets. And that's how I'm going to double my money. Whereas like, you know, we know you're not talking about that. So please be more specific in what you say. You know, when when you say people need to to so called flip their money and double it and make it work for them, right. and like that's, you know, that's where Dame was kind of falling apart. Like, like a, a lot of street cats aren't going to read in between the lines like that. You know, they're just going to assume you're talking about you know some 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 illegal activity. Right. You know, right. and I I dig his you know, and to be honest, I do dig his whole message of financial independence and, and being your own boss, but I just don't think he articulates it the best in, in a lot of situations. I was, I was, I was listening to that interview and the being your own boss and everything. Like I agree with it, but I disagree with it. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So which part did you disagree with? Well, he was just like saying, like, he was basically kind of saying like, if you work for somebody else, like you weak, Oh yeah, yeah. That was the same interview. That was the same interview. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get that because I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you can work for yourself and everything, and yeah, you can put all you can into it, but it's hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not just about to be making no salary. You know what I'm saying? Like. Just say selling pens, like it's just impossible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, if you just decided you wanted to sell pens, like you just not gonna just all of a sudden. I don't care how how much of a hustler you are. Like, you're not gonna just sell like a fifty thousand dollars a year worth of pens or sixty something thousand dollars a year worth of pens. Now, and then it's gonna take years to do that. So, like, what's funding? This operation, yeah, yeah. Where do you go? Like, what's what's allowing you to continue to purchase pens? What's allowing you to make these phone calls to pay for the phone bill? Like, what's allowing you to to uh, like allow this business to opportunity to be profitable? Right. It's like at some point, like you have to have some funds from somewhere. So. We know his story, like he got it in in the streets. So that money, yeah, he used it and he did this and he was a boss behind that, but he took a total different course of life in order to do that. You know what I'm saying? And for your regular cat, like you can't just take your little savings, quit your job, and start something that you love to do and make it work. Like it's just not that simple. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Somebody you, you- got to fund the dream. 
Right, right. You need a business loan or, you know, take some money from your nine to five and 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 put it aside to invest solely in your your own thing. Um, you know, um, yeah, it's 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 a lot involved. It's a lot. It's not as it's not as simple as you might make it, um, which 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 brings me to my next question, man. Like like he's touched on it in interviews here and there. He's been real vague in his explanations. But where do you think it all went wrong with Rockefeller Records? And, and, and as far as uh, it, it, the, the label just becoming fractured and eventually dissolving and Jay going one way, Dame going the other, you know, label mates, uh, you know, the label roster just getting all split up, going a separate ways. Do you think that because he's he's commented on interviews and implied that Lior Cohen was like the 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 force behind Rockefeller breaking up? What what do you think it was? You think it was there was there was some some bad business practices on his end? Like like how do you how would you explain it? I think it's a little bit of, of everything to be honest with you. You know, this is like this is like my favorite era. So this is like you know my, the, the the time period where I was like thriving in hip hop. You know what I mean? But uh, I think I think in in the grand scheme of things, I think that. Dame was really spreading itself too thin, business wise. Okay, okay. So he was he was doing everything. He was doing films. He was doing shoes. He was doing clothing lines. He had two clothing lines. He had state property, and he was doing rocker rocker well. You're right. Yep. I'm not saying he was like the sole person behind it, or because 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 uh, Beanie Siegel supposedly was the one who had state property, but he was. Getting some money from it. Let's just put it like that. Um, but I just think he was spreading himself too thin, and I think he was also thinking small with certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like he was still thinking hood in his thinking. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And I think Lior was trying to give some type of advice, but he didn't want to come off as a yes man. You know what I mean? Like he wanted to be his own boss. That's what he'd been talking about. And I just think that at the end of the day, him and Jay was just on two different wavelengths in terms of just business. You know what I mean? And I think they would have been all right. Like, Jay-Z was retiring. I think Dave was, Dane was just going to continue to take everything over in terms of whatever that. And and Jay probably would have bought himself out a Rockefeller and just probably would have been, you know, of course, a Rockefeller forever because he is Jay. But, you know what I'm saying? He just would have bought his shares or whatever out. But I think what Dane did in terms of making Cameron president and not really talking it over with Jay or Kareem Big, I think that just kind of showed that Dane really didn't have no loyalty no more, or he was kind of like looking like Jay is over and done with. And I think that kind of I think that kind of uh, hit a nerve with Jay Z. You know what I'm saying? Okay. What's up, Dave? What's going on, man? What up? What up, fellas? Not much. What's up, Dave? We were, we were just discussing the Dame Dash Lee uh, versus Lee Daniels um, drama or whatever, and we we were kind of we were coming up with theories on you know Dame Dash and why Rockefeller Records ended up you know that that empire ended up crumbling. Um, did you have any theories on that or any any you know explanations on how you interpreted why that that didn't last the way it could have? Uh, man, when you put the question out. I, I immediately like started kind of Google searching why they broke up. There's no real reason why. You know what I mean? I, I, I like Reggie's idea. I kind of thought something along the same line. 
about he spread yeah. himself too thin. You know what I mean? Like with, with everything he was doing, it was kind of kind of small in the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? Like a, a clothing line is kind of hard to get off the ground. And he had two of those. He had uh, it was a lot of artists under his umbrella at the time. And and then the whole Jay Z Cameron president thing split. That was that. I remember when that happened. Like that was just a weird. Like why is Cameron the president? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that was awkward. It, it, it didn't. It didn't make a lot of sense. Even if Jay Z was retiring, I think he had other artists to kind of put in that place rather than Cam. I, uh, yeah, man, my thinking was along the same lines. Like, I think he just spread himself too thin financially, and he couldn't really focus on one thing and do it well. And in the end, like everything kind of just collapsed. And then once Jay Z kind of left, that I, that was his muscle. That was the star power. I think without Jay Z kind of holding up the rock. It, it, the whole thing just fell down, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that Jay Z just kind of outgrew the he outgrew the label. Like he became, oh, yeah. he became such a big, you know, celebrity and star that uh, uh, look like we had some other people join in. He became such a big celebrity, man. He just like like when when your when your prime when your flagship artist is Jay Z. Man, everybody else was secondary, man. It was right, obvious. It was clear who the cash cow was. And the way with, with from my understanding how record labels work, you know, the shares of all the sales goes toward the label and when you're number one selling artist, you know, there's this huge like chasm in between him and say who who else was on that label? Young Guns. Bill, uh, Memphis Bleak, uh Right, and when he starts breaking off and doing his own thing, now you have less money in the kitty, so to speak, to fund these other artists' endeavors and promote their albums. I saw an interview Dame did where he was saying that, uh, you know, usually in the rock and roll uh, world, you know, a band usually has to build up a following, do a couple of tours first, and then get signed to a label. And he was like, you know, he did it in reverse. Like, he was just signing cats out the hood and then putting them on planes and flying them to go perform in Madison Square Garden. And, you know, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but at the same time, there was no artist development, you know. So these cats, they get signed, they get put on, they're immediately performing in front of sold-out stadiums and venues and whatnot. They think that the good times are always going to last. You know, oh, I'm with The Rock. And and then in turn, they they don't put in as much work at the end of the day because they didn't have to work for the initial success. You know, it was just like it was just like okay, Dane put me on. Right. What, what's going What's going on, Rodney? You there, Rodney? Okay, okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you You still there? Yeah, right? I'm here. I, I I got kicked out, but I'm back. I'm back. Okay, okay. But um, I I think I think that was a part that was part of it too. It's like there's I don't I don't think there's enough said about artist development and and how that contributes to the success. Of a of a of an artist and of a label at the end of the day, you know, cats coming straight out the hood, man. Like I hate to say it, man, but they just they probably don't know how to manage their money right. You probably know? don't. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and even with and even like like you're saying, man, like with a label support, you know, like a label is supposed to like push that artist to bigger and, and better things. You know what I mean? Like it seemed like with the rock, like they had uh besides Jay Z, it was hood, man. Yeah, like Chris and Neef and and who else? Bleak and like it, it was it was just a hood label. Like yeah, they had that boom, but a lot of that was on Jay Z. Like well, and without well, I guess 
No, no, no. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. No, I was just saying, though, but in hindsight, like, all the labels was like that, though, at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. Rough Riders was like that. Murder, Inc. was like that. Like, you just had a bunch of gutter cats. So I don't, yeah. I don't think it was like, I think that was just the, the trend. Like, just like all these new rappers is coming out just off SoundCloud and, and they just, you know what I'm saying, making tens and twenties of thousand dollars off off shows and stuff like that. I'm I'm just thinking like in terms of in terms of Dame's actual behavior and how he was manu- uh, moving. He was moving more independently than as like man, we businessmen. You know what I'm saying? Like right. at the end of the day, him Jay, Jay and Dame, I mean uh and Kareem, they were they were business partners. So as a business partner, like you making moves, you gotta let me know what's going on. He was just Hey y'all, I'm back on. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you, bro. Okay, okay, my bad about that first hookup. I'm just trying to play catch up on what y'all talking about. We we basically uh we we throwing out theories on why Rockefeller Records fell apart as a label and everyone went their separate ways. Oh, that's an easy one for me. But uh, go ahead, Reggie, keep going. Well, no, I was just saying, like, I just think that Dame started moving independently and not really coming together as a group. And it seemed like before in the end, they made a lot of decisions together. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, it was like, all right, Jay about to retire. This is evident. He made the Black album. And then Dame just started making moves. And so, I mean, like, the whole thing was... I think Jake was on vacation or something, or he was on tour overseas when he made Cam the president. And he probably didn't even have no issue with it. But the fact that it was done without, you know what I'm saying, no notification, because I saw an interview with Biggs. He didn't even know. Wow. Just like, you know, he just heard it just like everybody else. Wow. I think that, I think that, um, to to your credit, though, to your your point about the day making moves or making more moves than he should have. I think that was, he was he was acting very reactionary out of like some whispers that Jay was going to break off and do his own thing. Um cuz cuz Jay was like he was rolling like in different circles separate from Dame at that time. Like he was hanging out with people like Warren Buffett and whatnot. Right. You know, at that time, I'm talking like 2000. Right. You know? So when your your potential cash cow is you know about to break off yeah you're, you're going to panic a little bit you're going to try to like see where else you could grab money right. from. but but what what was your theory Robbie? um that was kind of related to what reggie was talking about but um one of the things i don't know if this was already talked about but the whole cameron thing i think that really set things off with this whole uh rockefeller uh breaking up that that was a bad look on dane's part by propelling Cameron uh, to such an upper echelon when Jay-Z was, like, at the top of the rap game. It, don't get me wrong. Cameron had a nice little, uh, I would say, couple of years of putting out some really, like, street hood, like, music. But it wasn't, it wasn't music that was transcending. It wasn't music that was touching... Uh, everyone in different genres like Jay-Z's music was. It was more for the hood. And Dane was trying to have this fight of, okay, I I, I want to still give to the streets. I know where Jay-Z's, Jay, Jay-Z's trying to go, but I, I still want to keep uh, what we had back in 96. I want to still do that now that we in 2003, 2004. And I think 
you know, Jay-Z was just on some other stuff. And it, it was just like Jay-Z was trying to take take things to another, you know, like he said in his music, Jay-Z is a businessman. So he's always going to look for different venues to make money. Whereas Dame, this is his baby. Rockefeller is his baby. He got to keep taking care of that baby. And so because he was so concerned about his baby, he wanted to continue that legacy by jumping on something like a Cameron, jumping on all of these other different artists freeway and, and just, you know, trying to work hard to keep it uh, at a, keep the music at a street level. Um, but at the same time, still sell records. And Cameron was selling records for, for a little bit. His gimmicks was working the whole pink on pink. I remember Reggie, I mean, back in the day, we go to Great America, we see cats out there wearing pink, you know, Air yeah. Force Ones and stuff like that, pink do-rag hats and and, 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 and pink, pink Nike and jerseys and throwback. Pink polo. Yeah, yeah. pink polo. Like, like, like uh, he was, the, the whole Cameron thing, I, I thought was one of the biggest triggers and, and you know, it, it was just something that, it was the beginning of the end for the Rockefeller. You know, it might not have felt that way when when that stuff was happening, but later on down the line, it had a rippling effect on Rockefeller, and that's what led to their demise, and that's what led to Dame just kind of, you know, struggling big time. And Jay Z just said, "Hey, screw it, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm continuing to do my business. Rockefeller is the past. I'm, I'm, I'm doing me now." Yeah, yeah. Now, now we've seen, you know, the, the Dame Dash, as we've discussed him at length. Um, we've seen the Suge Knights, the Puff Daddies, um, the, uh, who else uh, was a label head at one point? Well, currently Russell Simmons. He got me too, though. <laughs> yeah, he did. He got me too. He's done. Yeah, Stick a fork in him. So, so I'm, I missed that. You went in and out. What did you say? Russell Simmons got me too. Right, right. I understand that. Now, what did you say though before that? Like you was naming all these icons. Oh, I was, I was naming off these late, all these label heads to to ask a question. You know, none of us are business majors, but to in y'all's opinion, what makes a good record label head? Because they all kind of had their time. You know, their little run, four, five, six year run at the most, and then things kind of fell apart. Like, can can a label is the concept of a record label outdated, or can a person actually be a good label head these days? Come on, go ahead, Dave. Oh no, I was gonna say I think this goes back to our conversation we just had the other day. I think I think the days of a like a record head are kind of done per se, um, just for the simple fact that music is so available now. Like you can kind of you don't need a, a label in this machine to get your music out anymore. You got SoundCloud, you got YouTube, everything else to kind of push your own music. So, I mean, if you get a decent enough following on, on YouTube or whatever else, that, that record labels take notice, you know what I mean? So then it kind of trickles from that effect. But I feel like back in the day, record execs kind of put artists, like them supporting artists was kind of some of the biggest things that they did. That's why... Like you said, you had your Jaw Rules and you had your Murder Inks and, and uh, Rough Riders with, with them coming out with these compilation albums and pushing their own guys and that kind of stuff. That's what good record execs did back in the day. But I think now that kind of stuff is, is dead because you don't you don't need that anymore. 
Like you don't need to feature a bunch of your own artists on one track so everybody can hear them. You don't need Dynasty albums or Rough Rider albums, volumes. Like that 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 doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean like most most record labels like you're going to have one, maybe two breakout artists out of your whole roster that are going to grow to a level where they, they're eventually going to start their own label. You know, Jay-Z got Rock Nation going. Cameron had Dipset, uh, uh, Diplomat Records. Uh, Kanye eventually branched off, did start to give music. Um, you know, if, if your artists are successful uh, to a certain point, they're, they're eventually going to do the same thing and just break off. Um, you know, 50 Cent with G-Unit Records, Eminem with Shady Records. You know, it's like a, um, you know, they, they it's just that constant cycle of, okay, I get on, I get signed, I, I'm successful, and then I start my own thing. So I don't know, man. I just think that there's, there's eventually going to come a time where, you know, record labels are just going to be non-existent. You know what I mean? I uh, I, I don't know. Like I'm kind of, I kind of, I'm 50-50 with that one. Um, I I agree with Dave was saying, but I also feel like having that big R su- support still can like make make things move. Um, like like for example, like I mean, even still, like Diddy, like whoever he's with, like, is still making money. You know what I mean? Like, he's still relevant. He's still in the light, in the limelight. Like, I don't know. It's something about certain individuals. If you got their back in, it, like, push, it still, like, catapults you into that 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 music world where you started making them, them that real money. I mean, like, Rick, Rick Ross and, and, and Meek Mill and Wale and it's like if you still if you that dude, you uh, don't get me started on Wale, man. Yeah, you shouldn't have said Wale, Reggie. <laughs> I know, but I, but but what I'm saying is though, like Rick Ross, though, he's a popular artist, huh? No, I, I, I get where you're going with him. Go I'm, I'm not saying, but I'm saying like Rick Ross, like him being that head of that label, like Wale and Meek Mill, though, they like, they set. You know what I'm saying? Like if they really wanted to, they probably can start their own, like. But it's, it was because of Rick Ross's, his star power that allowed them to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they would have probably been successful without him. But because of him, like, they are who they are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, he he's he's he is an example of somebody who still has that power to, to, to push certain people into uh, um, that, that, that stratosphere, uh, music-wise. And so, and so to kind of add, so I, I think, like, though, to make a good label uh, here... I think you just have to have art. You have to put the artists out. Um, a lot of times, in my opinion, like label uh, persons, they hold on to artists too long. You, you see this guy for years, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then all of a sudden, like he never comes out. Yeah. And then he kind of yeah. he kind of gets from this label. He go to this label, but it's like those people that have artists and they put them out right away. Nine times out of ten, like not only do they stay to the label because they loyal to them. But they never had no issue. They even, they yeah. even had some labels that signed way too many artists and was trying to jump on a hot artist that a artist that might have put out a hot song at one time, and labels jumped on it or uh, heard a hot freestyle that went viral, and then they jump on, they sign this guy, or they f- see a rap battle and they sign this dude, and, and they put him to the label because he making uh, millions of. of, of of hits on YouTube, so now they sign him on top of you know, I mean, Cash Money was a perfect example of that, that signed all these artists that were uh, you know some of them were fire and some others was trash, but it was just yeah, too had- many was it- yeah, Corey Guns comes to mind like, 
you know, Tiger. They had Tiger. I mean, Tiger was whack, but I mean, still, like it, it was. They signed all. You know, labels get caught up in that signing every artist that can spit some bars, and then you know, don't do nothing with them. You know, so yeah. I mean, if you can put them out, that's the. I mean, that's the best. Like I always look at that example too. Of like, uh, what's his name? Lucas. Um, like Lucas had that DTP. He had all these artists. None of, dudes, none of them dudes really put out an album, and he even pushed them. No, he didn't. He didn't. That's a perfect example. <laughs> and then, like he, he sat on somebody like Two Chains, and this dude, like <laughs> this dude, been. I mean, like not to say that Two Two Chains is like the illest, but I mean, like clearly he was a star. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, he missed out on all type of money because he held on this for I don't know how many years and never pushed his music out. Yeah, but come on, man. Does Ludacris seem like he'd be, like, a like a ambitious label head? That, <laughs> hey, but but then you got to And T.I. put out everybody. Yeah, 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 whether they good or not. Yeah, B.O.B., uh, the the chick, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he got somebody, he putting them out. And, it, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's who you want to be with, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A good label head is going to go ahead and release his artist projects and, like, you know, let let the audience be the, the judge and jury as far as whether they're going to they gonna keep messing with that person. I, I do think that's what a good label head would do. And timing is good, too. You know, you don't want to flood the streets with a bunch of stuff at once. You know, I, I think that's how Suge Knight was able to make a success of, uh, you know, Death Row. But, you know, but then again, things were a lot different in the 90s. You know what I mean? Dude, they, had, they only had two artists, though. It was, it was no, Snoop. No, man. They, it was Snoop and Tupac, man. Who else they had? They had Dogtown. They had... Uh, Dogtown had a few hits. They had, but Dog Pound was Dog Pound really? Under, well, I guess they was under Death Row. They was more Snoop. But but in ninety in, in about ninety four ninety five, Dog Pound was that group. Yeah, yeah. They, they were man. That Dog Food album was a classic. Um, and and then, but but you know, and then uh, then Dre leave. Then Doctor Dre leave Death Row like in the mid nineties. Yeah, he left ninety five. Yeah. Okay. Because then he came out with that. I've been there, done that, that garbage. And then that didn't do, that didn't do crap. That Aftermath uh, compilation album that never went anywhere. That album was awful, trash. Worse than Detox. Oh, my bad. Detox. Did Detox ever come out either? Like, dude, Dre has struggled ever since he's left Death Row. So, anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't say he struggled because Chronic 2001 was, was fire. Chron- yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. I forgot about Chronic 2001. He did. I like, I like how I was Chronic. Uh, I wasn't a fan of Compton. You said what, Dave? I, I wasn't a real fan of Compton. It kind of it was it was kind of all over the place. But uh, <laughs> oh, it, it definitely it definitely was all over the place, Dave. I'm just I was just talking sonically. I like Compton. Oh, Compton was, Com- Com- was okay. He's a terrific producer. He 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 did his thing like beats wise, but him like the tracks like they wasn't really appealing. You know what I mean? Like it was a lot going on. It was singing. Yeah, he had too many features. It was, the flow wasn't good. Yeah, it was a ton of the flow wasn't good. Flow, he yeah, was it, trying, was, it was a couple of songs where he was trying to rap like he was a trap rapper, and I was like, "Come on, Dre! Like really? How you gonna tell? How you gonna say these youngins don't know about me? But then you rapping like the youngins? Like, come on, dog, get get real." I don't know, man. I, I think I think Compton was a good solid effort. Like on a scale from one to ten, I give it a seven. But I do think I do think that album is gonna age well. I think five years from now. If you played it, it would still be dope. Especially songs like Animals. Mm-hmm. You know, 
uh, that for the love of money, like remix he did, like that doctor's orders with Eminem. Yeah. That, that's about the only thing that gets spins. Yeah, that was dope too. But that it, album missed the mark with me. I'm sorry, it just didn't. I, uh, that was actually that was actually my that was actually the first introduction to Anderson Pack. Yeah, he was all over that album. I for, was, yeah, like, I forgot that about was, that. that. Was the first and he was going on a couple of tracks that he was on. Them them songs was nice. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't know if y'all heard about uh, the, the the stuff with the Tiana Taylor album. So her album dropped, but I guess she came out at one point and said that the album that dropped wasn't even the album she was working on. Did y'all hear about that? No, I didn't hear about that. Okay, so I guess the album she dropped, or that Kanye decided to drop wasn't the album she was working on and she was saying that there's going to be a second version or 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 redone version of this album released at some point soon um because i guess kanye took it back into the cutting room floor and like made a bunch of changes man um do do y'all think that's that's an example of a label head kind of overstepping their bounds a bit no well kanye's crazy so i mean you sign with him, you know what you're getting, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> like you can kind of tell with the way he's kind of coming out and, and puts, pushing these projects and seven tracks and uh, uh, somebody releasing every couple weeks. And even look if you look at his albums, right, redoing them, and he got three different versions of the same album. And I, if, if I was signed to Kanye or Good Music, I would kind of expect this, so I wouldn't be shocked if he did it. But as an artist, I think that would be frustrating. I mean, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't care, especially with the response from it. Like everybody loved the album, so it's like clearly he's on to something. You know what I'm saying? And then if he drops something else, re-release something, that means that's only more money, or you know what I'm saying, in your pocket, as well as more music that you can perform that people will want to hear when you go on tour. So I mean, like. I wouldn't even say nothing. Like, I just would have been like, man, you know what I'm saying? Appreciate it. <laughs> the new one about to drop. I'm about to drop another album. Like, it just would have been like, you know what I mean? Like, it was never, it was all the plan. Right, right. Man, yeah, I wish it, Kanye it, it, would accidentally drop my album by accident. I'd be the happiest man on earth. <laughs> I'd be counting that paper. Supposedly, supposedly, like, Saha got two albums that's about to come out. That's seven songs. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that, man. That's what's up. I mean, like if if he felt if he felt that those songs should have went out, I'm just gonna roll the dice on. You know what I'm saying? Like he when when he he ain't wrong too many times musically. You know what I'm saying? Like no. So I'm I'm, he's had some he has some bad spots here and there, but. Good for his music. I mean, production wise, he's still as good as he's ever been. Yeah, exactly. His music. Like I, I, I don't press him behind the mic no more. But like I, producing an album, yeah, yeah, I, I give him the keys. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been digging in his bag, man. Again, so and and impressing me. So you know, it, it, it for me, if if it was me, if I was in her shoes, if the reception was good, yeah, I might not even say that. And I would just be like, okay, I'm gonna take the rest of this material and scrape something else together and at, at a later date. You know what I mean? Um, but uh. Uh, that, speaking of new music, man, I, I know y'all, Rodney, you might be up on MF Doom, man. Uh, I don't know about you, Dave, about Dave and uh, Reggie, but uh, did y'all see this new video he dropped with Freddie Gibbs? It was an animated video. It's called Death Wish. Who? Uh, MF Doom. Who was that? 
Hey, okay. y'all uh, need y'all need to take at least five minutes of y'all time and watch that video, dude. Ian sent me the link. I checked it out, man. It, it is it's it's super dark, but uh, I mean, concept wise, it's, it's, it's dope. Man. I thought Freddie Gibbs bit some of the illest. That was one of the illest verses I've heard from him since Pinata. Like. Yeah, man, Freddie Gibbs, man, he's really establishing himself as one of the like. He's probably like the most vote versatile spitters of of current, you know, proper MCs right now. Like he could rap over trap, he could rap over boom bap, rap over aggressive beats. Mad, yeah, he's very like, versatile. Loopy madlib beats. It's like there's there's nothing that dude can't rhyme over, man. And he killed that verse, man. He yeah, he did. Verse. But the but the imagery of that album and uh, you know what they're doing in it, man, it's just it was super dark, man. But I was I was kind of messing with it, man. I was kind of messing with it. What did you think about it, Dave? I, I, I thought it was dope, man. Like I've never been the biggest Doom fan. Like, you tried to put me on a couple times, man. It it's flow to me. Like the dude's wordplay and like. What he does with like his punchlines and stuff, and not even punchlines, but like his rhyme schemes, are so complex, man. It's it's incredible, but his flow like sucks all the life out of the rhymes, in my opinion. Yeah, he's a quiet taste. He's like, I don't, I don't know if it's his voice or or what it is, but like, I I respect him as a lyricist and a rapper, but I, I I'm just I'm not a big fan like of, of his sound. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough, yeah. My analysis of Doom is he's a villain. Um, he's a villain of the rap game. Basically, he wants to sound like what the rap game doesn't sound like. And people hate the way that sounds sometimes. And, and, and I think that's the reason why he refers to himself as a villain. Plus, he doesn't show up at his concerts. You know, he's always a mystery man at his concerts. There's always somebody under his own ass. Like, I don't know if y'all heard of that, but, you know, he... I heard, I, I saw it. Yeah, he doesn't man. show... He has a concert. Like, he'll perform a concert in Chicago, but it won't be him under the mask. It'll be somebody else, and he's out in China somewhere eating uh, cats and stuff like that. Like, this dude... <laughs> <laughs> this dude is crazy. Like another artist, but... Oh, he just putting the yeah, stunt, stunt double in, and and the stunt double is out there spitting, yeah, like spitting his exact flow, and he's somewhere else, like not even at the concert, like he's done this like multiple times. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it started pissing off fans, man. Of course, they wanted to see him, but I think that's that's I don't know, man. Something about me says that's kind of ill, man. Like you're really like living this whole villain. Yeah, he lives up to his character. <laughs> He lives up to his character. Now his beats, it, it takes some time to get used to. He, you know, MF got some real like straight up basement dust. Like somebody just put the record on that, put their foot and just start scraping on it. It sound like chalk scraping on 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 a chalkboard, but it's but he finds the right method to make it sound good for his particular lyrics now me i love mad villain i always like i I can't listen to mf doom by itself i always felt like he sounded better featured with other artists like mad live like uh gibbs like you know with other artists i never really i can't listen to a whole mf doom just by himself 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm different. I I, I love Doom, man. I I can listen to sixty minutes of Doom, no problem. You know, if if you're not into his delivery or his flow, I, I get it. Because when I first started listening to him, I was like, man, this dude sounds like somebody's dad. But <laughs> once I once I started actually listening to his flows and just just how buttery smooth they were, man, and like. Just his like like his rhyme schemes, man. Just the crazy stuff he would say, man. Like like the way the way he he puts his words. It's like who thinks of this stuff? Like like who would have thought to to describe something in that manner? Like the way Doom just did. Like you know that for me, that's part of his appeal, man. He comes straight out of left field, and you just I don't see that with a lot of artists. So I give him props, man. Plus the fact that he wears a mask all the time. Nobody really knows what he looks like. You know, I, I think that's dope for hip hop. But um, you know, it go, going going back to the video though, I wanted to ask you guys, what are you guys like three three to five hip hop videos that you feel are the most are the most entertaining hip hop videos of all, or not of all time, but according to your personal taste? I, I, I'll go. I guess. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> I I had a I had a list for you, man, but I left it at the crib. But um. I remember one was uh, uh, was was Kanye all falls down. Um, oh, that was that, good because of Stacey Dad. <laughs> either way, either way, the video stuck with me, man. I always thought it was dope being a first person. Like it just it came out of nowhere, hey, especially hey, at the hey, time. Like hey, hey Dave, you was you was you wiping Stacey Dad's tear off her face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it was but like, like I remember when that video dropped, man. And you know, like everybody had the regular run of the mill videos, and and this thing came out, and it's in first person. And it's just him taking somebody to the airport. Like I don't know why that was so dope to me, but I always liked that video. Um, not to stay with that thing, but <laughs> the Stacey Dash thing, but uh, Tip Drill is, is an iconic video. <laughs> <laughs> just put that out there. Dave just going R-rated with it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody knows what it was, yeah. so I'm not going to get into detail. Um, I can't remember the third one, man. You got to come back. Okay. Okay. Reggie, you got some? Uh, yeah. Um, so I got, I got, a, I got five. Okay, go ahead. Mine's. Mine's is nowhere near Dave's though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't even. I wasn't even thinking of that mindset of Chip. Uh, he, he just blew my whole mind. Man, he straight transformed this whole podcast right now. Hey, hey, okay, Ian, so, tell your uh, what your writers saying in the background, man. Is they telling us to change the subject? <laughs> they said keep it, keep it PG. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, I got, I got, give me some more Busta Rhymes. Great video. Great video. I got, uh, Apollo Kids by Ghostface. Another great video. Yep. That was another. Uh, Him being, him being in the Wally factory and, and weighing all the iceberg, like, that's legendary to me. Uh, uh, You're All I Need by Method Man and Mary J. Blige. Very good. I like that one. Uh, uh, Commons, Commons, uh, video with Taraji P in it. Oh, which one was that one? That was uh, before you lock my love away. Yeah. Oh, testify. I forgot testify. about that one actually. Testify. 
That and uh and then Otis is my last one. Yeah, Otis was funny. Otis was a good one. Yeah. Otis was a great. I got I, I here's here's mine. This this is not off the top, but you know, well it is off the top. Uh but these are videos that come to my mind. Try call quest, we got the jazz. I thought it was the one of them is a simplistic video, but to me I felt like it put black and white videos on the map because it was one of the first like hip hop black and white videos that I saw where it was so creative. They had the like tribe is like rapping and then you got the you got the uh like the painting. They have like the base to the I mean the the uh the paint the picture holder but no picture inside of it and then they put it towards the camera and it changed the background to another scene in the video. The three oh. it, it was it, it was so and then when it changed to bugging out and you know Fife's got the long he's got the eyes uh going. I think we lost two people. Okay, we got Dave back at least. All right, so go ahead. Okay, yeah. So uh yeah, we got the jazz slash bugging out. That's one of my favorite videos. Uh Far Side Drop, people forget about that video. That was a great video because every like everything with everything going in like backwards, you know. That was a great video. Um Reggie Toes, give me some more. I really like that video, but if I'm gonna go buster, I got uh I got, I got, um, put your hands where my eyes can see the whole coming to America thing that Buster attacked. He did that flawlessly. Um, I, I'm gonna go also, I'm going Missy. Uh, uh, I thought, uh, sock it to me because I'm a big Mega Man fan and I thought Missy attacking the whole Mega Man thing was dope. Um, and then if I had to go one more. Yeah, we still having connection problems. I think Dave and uh, Reggie trying to get back on. No, I'm back. Okay, on. We got, okay, yeah. So I had Missy socket to me. Um, Buster Rhymes, put your hands where my eyes can see. Try call quest. We got the jazz, and then there was another one that, that I'm. Oh, far side drop, and then um, last but not least. I know it's kind of it's kind of on a dark spiritistic side, but I always love this video. Machiavelli, Tupac. I thought uh, <clears throat> was that what's the name of the song? You talking about Hail Mary? Hail Mary, yeah, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. Oh, was I, th- I, I thought, thought that, that was, was a, I thought that was whack. <laughs> I know, I know, you thought it was whack, Ian, but I, I actually thought it was. A, I mean, back then I thought it was the dopest video. Now you look at it, you know, the special effects is kind of garbage. But I'm gonna say this. This is the reason why. Uh, this is another reason why I like that video because if you watch that video, they're playing one of my favorite NBA Live games of all time, <laughs> NBA Live '98. At the beginning, hey, it, <laughs> what a perfect game to play before you die. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So um, man, good list, man. Good list, all y'all. Um, I actually on my list I had the far side uh drop. I had uh LP I mean, what more could you say about that video? They they filmed it I mean they, they ran it backwards, but yeah. they learned, had to learn how to rap backwards when they shot the video, I heard. Exactly. Which is another dope part to it. But check out the far side drop video, any listeners who haven't. Another video, LP Deep Space Nine Millimeter. 
like the the song is just okay but the but the video man is him like walking through the like the city of New York and everybody is pointing like red guns at him and it's like it's such such a such a dope video it, like he's like illustrating how we're um under a constant threat another video i think is dope man it actually just came out run the jewels don't get captured video oh, i haven't um, watched that yet Oh man, check out Run the Jewels Don't Get Captured video. It's a claymation video and um but it's super dope, man. They're rapping about like gentrification and all this other stuff. Dope. Um another I really love was Red Man featuring Method Man. The name of the song is Whatever Man. Oh yeah, like, that's a great one. The Blues Brothers. The thing. way they did the yeah, the whole Blues Brothers homage. Like Blues Brothers is one of my favorite movies. So for them to come out and do an homage like for that song and that video, man, to me, it was just, 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 just two, two layers of dope, man. Just two layers of dope. And then De La Souls, it's so easy video. Very simple video, but like for anybody who went to like high school, I mean everybody here, man. Yo, we 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 all went to high school in the nineties. It really captures the spirit of that time period, and yeah, that was a great video. in that. In that video, man, with them in the lunchroom and on the playground at the school, and then like everybody who went to the school was a rapper. Like, like I did, a, I made a list of all the rappers who made cameos in that video. You had Lords of the Underground, Prince Poe, Feral Monch, The Roots, Black Sheep, Moni Love, Pete Rock, Kid Capri, Biz Marquis, A Tribe Called Quest, Prince Paul, Guru. Uh, I and I, Jungle Brothers, Campolo, Vinia Mojica, Bobito, and Angie Martinez, and there were others I missed. But wow. the fact that they had all of them in the video, Didn't realize and, that like, watching that, yeah, man, and it's just a fun video. It's just a feel good video, man, for anybody who went to school in the nineties. Um, you know, it really, uh, you know, it's just a feel good video. It really captures the spirit of that age. But Jamil, he couldn't, he couldn't call in, but he shot me a text with his. Uh, favorite videos of all time. He actually had Buster Rhymes, Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Could See. He had Missy Elliott's Can't Stand the Rain video. I forgot about that. That's a dope one. That's a good one. Yeah, that was a real dope one. He also had The Roots, What They Do. Hey, I actually forgot that was an honorable that mention for me. That was an honorable <laughs> mention for me. I, I like that video. And, yeah, that was a good video. Man, the messed up thing is, though, you can't find it online without the, um. you can't find it online with the subtitle. Oh, okay. My, my uh, honorable mention was exhibits. Reg, you went back with that one. I know exactly what you're talking about. That was a bond. The name of the song. The yes. Video, the video was probably the illest. Yes, I remember. Wait, you talking about? Are you talking? You talking about paparazzi? No, not paparazzi. Uh, it's, it was his matter of fact. It was his first thing. Yeah. Mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, this is his first single. Where like. All right, it's, it sounds like it sounds like somebody making love to a couch right now. What's 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 going on? Hey, Reggie, was that the one where he was just tearing through different <laughs> scenes in the video? Yeah, he well, basically what he was doing was he was he went to go get to the store to get some milk or something. Yeah, and yeah, on his way to that's the store, it. Like all this stuff was happening. Yep, and yep. Behind him, and it was probably one of the illest videos. Yeah, I forgot about that video. They used to play that a hundred times on the box. <laughs> Shouts out to the box. Man, are you talking about what you see is what you get? I think so, Ian. I think that's the name of the track. I'm about to I'm about to Google it. Uh 
I'm actually looking for it now. What you see, yeah, yep. What you see is what you get. I think that's the yeah. one. Wait, was it? That was '98. I don't think that was his first. It one. was. It, well, it wasn't his first one, but yeah, that's the exact video. <clears throat> it's the what you see is what you get. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. That was a dope video. Yeah. And then um, Jamil also had uh, ODB's "Baby, I Got Your Money." Oh, okay. Uh, and then Jay Z, friend of foe ninety eight. Wow, I don't even I remember that, that one. Up. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember that video. But um, y'all remember that? Yeah, man. I don't, man. I remember the song, but I don't remember the video. Oh, okay. I didn't even know he made a video for that song. Me neither. Me neither. What friend of foe? Friend of right, friend of foe part two or yeah, whatever. You made, you made I remember that video. That video was dope. Um, bit, oh, also, uh, feeling. Speaking of Jay Z, feeling it. That video. Uh, shouts out to the director on that video. I actually cut his hair at Floyd's once. Uh, just Word. throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, he's a dope dude, man. I cut his hair like my four years ago, and um, he was in town for a concert, or whatever. But uh, yeah, that was. A great video too. Oh, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So um I, I had another honorable mention, man. Um I don't know if y'all up on the avalanches. Yeah. Um, okay. They 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 like make beats and stuff like that. But it's it, they did a video called Because I'm Me, uh by the Avalanches featuring Sonny Chiba from Camp Low. <laughs> Uh, dope, dope uh, video, man. It's like got this little boy in it. He's like ten or ten years old, maybe, and he like he likes this like grown woman who works down in the subway station, like like you know giving out t- tokens or whatever. And he's trying to impress her and pop lock and whatnot. And it's just like it's just a dope video, man. Like I, Reggie, I think you would actually dig it. Yeah, but I'm it's called uh, it's called that. It's by the Avalanches, and it's called Because I'm Me. But um. But yeah, man. Yeah, like, like, like to to all our listeners, man. Check these videos out if you haven't. Um, they are pretty dope, man. But um, that that pretty much brings us to our our, our concluding segment for the uh, for the uh, for the podcast. Uh, it's a segment we're gonna do every every episode. What's bumping? Where everybody pretty much shares what they've been bumping for the past uh, week or a couple of days. But uh, we'll start off with you, Dave. What, what you uh, what you've been bumping for the past couple of days? All right. Um, uh, we had a we had a oh, we had Reggie on, and uh, basically he put me on this Tyler the Creator uh, album. Uh, what, what's it called? What's what's the title? Um, oh man, uh, hold on, I can tell you right now. It's on. it's in my title app, but I can't open my phone. It's it's dropping the um. Uh, Flower Boy. Flower Boy, yeah. So I've been listening to that. Uh, uh, this John Coltrane album they just released. Yeah, yeah, like they just I, released a new John. Coltrane? I kind of I flip through title every every few days and kind of see what what what's new. Um, uh, Mike Shinoda from uh Lincoln Park had an album. I've been kind of listening to that and uh, um, Good Kid, Mad City has been getting some spins. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, what about you, Rodney? What well, you um, I got a week? few things in the rotation. Um, you know, uh, as you, and you know me, I be on some other stuff, man. I, I over the place. My taste is is crazy. <laughs> but uh, if y'all not up on this, this guy, his name is Leisure. Uh, is a 
Yo, dude, this I dude Leisure, yeah. is a monster. Like, soul music, like, this dude is coming. He's coming, man. Uh, and um, also, I've been listening to that Robert Glasper, K. Trinata, um remix album. Uh, that's been a great, that's a great album uh, as well. Also, um, in regards, uh, I also been listening to, hold on, I'm pulling it up now. Um I mean, Doom has been. I, I, I've, I've had that Doom track on repeat the last couple of days. I just can't. I can't stop listening to it. But uh, Apollo Brown got a new one. No question, bro. Oh, with Locksmith. Bro, yeah, we talked that about album that last. It's fire. And last but not least, um, this cat named Claus Layer. I don't know if y'all up on him. Yeah, Claus Layer. Claus Layer got a new Lair. one out. He's dope. Um, uh, the lost tracks, um, real, real. It's just basic, basic boom bap hip hop, but um, it's 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 dope. Oh, also, <laughs> I, I can't forget. I can't forget on some other on some soul stuff too. And Reggie, you probably up on her too. Georgia Smith new album, bro. That album, bro. <laughs> I, I told I told him last week, bro, bro. Y'all. Dude, man, she, I gotta get dude, a, I gotta get up on that. Multi talented, and she's got a couple. She's got one track where she's freestyling, like <laughs> uh, lifeboats. Dude, you gotta check that track out. Dope. Um, she's great, man. She's a great artist, and and man, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, don't get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> I did for sure, man. Good list, man. I'm gonna have to check a few of these out, man. Uh, Reggie, man, what you been bumping? Uh, I've been bumping this single by uh, Jaden Smith called Ghost. Oh yeah, that's a good track. It's that's decent, a good track. Man. Yeah, that's decent. I've been bumping that. Um, I've been bumping. Um, what else? What else? Sean Mendez. Um, Not up on him. Um, it's just like a. Uh, he's not like a. Pop singer, but it's I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, but uh, I know some people that know him, so I checked it out. You know what I'm saying? I actually like it. I, I mean, I, I kind of was telling y'all about that before. I, I kind of I like old R&B, so you know what I'm saying. I'm like looking for that sound always. So um, you looking for that H Town sound? Uh, I'm not gonna say as far as H Town, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm looking for that. Um, <laughs> Reggie trying to get his groove um, on, man. I was listening to the Sir album as well. I don't know if y'all up on him. Mm-mm. Uh, no, it's no. spelled S I R. How you spell that? Small I, capital R, Sir. You know what? That do sound familiar. I think I got one. That dude, a beast. He like if you want to put like like I like I was talking about Georgia Smith. Like he's a male version of us. Like he called. Uh, oh, yo, you know what, Reg? I do got a. I did save a track. I didn't get around to listening to it though. He's got a track. I saved a track that he got with Schoolboy Q, but I, I didn't. I haven't listened to it yet. And uh, last but not least, I have been listening to Little Baby. Little Baby. Uh, what, what album uh, is that? It's harder than ever. That's what it's called. Okay, it's that sounds like some trap stuff. <laughs> <laughs> No question. Yeah, that's trap. definitely I mean, trap. As soon as you said Lil, I knew it was trap. I, I love trap music, man. So, like, I like, as, as much as I love R&B music, like, I love trap music just as much. You know what I mean? I can't take it all the time. 
some of it's just too ignorant, but I can deal with dude. And, uh, I, I'm rocking with it. There's only certain. <laughs> yeah, Red, Red. Reggie, Reggie is a complex <laughs> dude, man. Hey, like, hey, 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 that, hey. Trap music is like Telemundo. I can only understand what they say. <laughs> like it's like what the, the, the Coca Cola. You know, I only only <laughs> McDonald's. Like like that's the only thing I hear when I listen to trap music. I only I only hear certain words, but the <laughs> Coca Cola. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel when I listen to trap music. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm watching Telemundo all over again. You know? I love trap, man. Trap, trap, uh, trap makes the world go yeah. round, man. <laughs> you know, uh, on a side note, Yo, before so... you go further in, I will say this, though. I will say this. I was saying this for the last uh, couple of years. Dave and Reggie, I know we ain't hung out in a long time. And so, uh, but, but Ian, me and Ian have talked about this. And I've and I've been saying this for the last two years. I was I was getting tired of all these old school rappers coming at these trap rappers, and I kept saying, it's, it's kind of <laughs> like in base. Like remember in ba- remember when um Batista hit that home run in the playoffs, and, know, and he flipped his flipped his bat, and you had all these old school heads yeah. talking about some that's unsportsmanlike and all that other stuff. And yeah. it's like my my thing is, if you want to get the man, if you don't want the man to flip his bat, strike him out. That, and then he won't flip his back. And that's how I feel about how all these old school rappers was like kind of coming at these trap rappers like, oh, y'all's music garbage. Y'all don't respect the culture. But yet now we see in 2018, we seeing all these old heads coming out with hot music, shutting up and just dropping hot material. And I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Show and Show prove, improve, man. man. Show that's what it's about. Stop talking. Start doing. Yeah. But but just just to close it out, man, just a couple albums I've been bumping this week, man. Um, a tribe called Quest Beast Rhymes in Life. Uh, that album has aged incredibly well, I might add. I know a lot of people think that's Tribe's album, uh, but that album has, has, has aged very well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Beast Rhymes in Life. I've also been bumping Billy Withers' um, Just As I Am album from 1971. Uh, check it out, man. Dope, dope, old school RB. You, you might actually like what, it. What's uh, the name Billy of it? Reggie. Let me write it down. Um, it's called Just As I Am okay. by Billy Withers oh, okay. or Bill Withers. Uh, it's from like 1971. Oh, I, I know Bill Withers. I'm like, Billy Withers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Bill Withers, oh, Billy Withers, Withers, whatever. But yeah, it's called, it's called Dave, Just As fool. I Am. <laughs> you threw me off real quick, man. <laughs> and um, this other album I've been bumping hard, man, Aesop Rock, uh, The Impossible Kid came out maybe like a year and a half ago man like dope dope album if, if you're into that sort of thing um some some real hardcore underground rap but um but yeah man that's ba- that's basically it man that's the show um shout out to jamil for uh uh texting over his uh his top five most entertaining videos he couldn't he got kind of caught up with the family so he couldn't really uh patch in today but uh i appreciate man all y'all's input man rodney thanks for Thanks for uh, checking in, man. I'm gonna give you a moment to to plug your podcast. Oh, oh no! For, oh, oh, oh! Let me. Am I plugged in? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Go right oh, ahead. Oh, man. so um, it was Rod the Mag, but I'm gonna change it to Magnificent Vibes. Uh, me and Ian been tackling all these sports topics that's been coming up, uh, and 
tomorrow is going to be a big, big show. Big, big show. We're going to talk about <laughs> this DeMarcus Cousins thing, this Lance Stevenson thing, this LeBron James thing. Hey, man, all anyone cares about is... Hey, hey, of course, of course. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> I got something special. I got something special lined up for tomorrow's show. Hey, don't forget, don't, don't forget Rondo. <laughs> Oh yeah, bet. yeah, Rondo, yeah, Rondo, yeah, with the Lakers, you know, the original, so. the original of all, but I mean, uh, Lonzo Ball, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's what's up, man. But so with that, man, I'm a um, we we gonna end it right here, man. I'm gonna take everybody out with a nice instrumental, and I uh, bid y'all adieu for the night, man. And again, man, thanks for thanks for chiming in, and we we gonna get it in on the next. One. All right, y'all. All right, for the show. Stay